Okay, we're doing this. We're doing it again. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Luck We Had podcast. This is season two, episode four, A Beautiful Mess. Yay! (laughs) What's up? I'm one of your hosts. My name is Amanda. I'm your other host, Evan, and welcome back to A Luck We Had, a shameless recap podcast. Amanda, how have you been? Uh, you know, um, I just predict, oh, let's say for the record, right at the top here, we are recording this on November 2nd, 2020. So episode three is going to drop tomorrow. Also, um, democracy might erupt tomorrow. We Who knows? We don't know. Uh, I know we have some international <laughs> listeners. Which I'm so happy about. What's up, international listeners? Uh, but for all of you in America, you know that we uh, might all die in a few days. And this is going to, episode three is dropping on the third. This is going to drop on November 17th. We could have a new president. We could have the old fascist dictator. We could still not know. Who knows? But right now, it's the day before that. Day before chaos arises. So yeah, I predict that I'm going to start just screaming for the next 48 hours. That's how I think I'm going to. Last night, I decided I don't, um, I can't take in stuff that has joy in it, uh, like, watching it. So I, I started The Hunger Games for the first time. Really? Yeah. I was obsessed with those movies. And, like, I think they started coming out when I was in middle school. And I went to all the midnight showings. They're so good. I've never seen I read them. the books. I've never seen them. Have you read the books at all? No. No. Uh, the books are so good. They were, like, big when I was in middle school, I think. They were, like, huge. Um, but yeah, I, nope, watched the first one, and I sort of hate that I liked it, um, and now I have to watch the other ones. I think, I really enjoy the first one, and, like, I, I think the first one is really good on its own, and, like, as long as, like, you don't, like, go into, like, the whole, like, Hunger Games lore, almost, that, like, uh, Catching Fire and Mockingjay Part 1 and 2, like, those are a trip, but, like, you can honestly watch the first one and be satisfied, like, it's so, it's so good. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so that's where I've been at, uh, I, and I also, I worked for a month, and now I'm unemployed again, so that's fun, uh, yeah, gotta love being a seasonal worker. How about you? How's, you how's life been for you, Evan? <sighs> The same update as always, just working at Starbucks, just doing my own thing, trying to survive the best that I can. <laughs> I went to a Starbucks drive through the other day, and uh, sometimes my window acts up and doesn't like to roll down. So I got all the way up to where I was supposed to order, and I discovered my window wasn't rolling down. And I had, like, a mildly complicated order, so I had to open my door and stand up and yell at the speaker, and as I'm doing that, my window rolled down. So I, like, get up to the thing. I'm like, I really hope I ordered the right thing. And I got up to the window, and the girl in the window seemed equally as flustered of something else that was going on. So I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. I don't need to worry about this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, when I tell you, like, don't be embarrassed or whatever, because the amount of times that has that that happens at my location, like we don't care. Like you're you're doing what you got to do, and we got we're doing what we got to do. <laughs> and of course, I ordered I huh? I ordered through the speaker without my mask on, so that you could hear me, because that was a speaker and not a human being. And then, uh, PSA people, when you roll up to your drive-through window, put your fucking mask on. 
please, as a customer service worker who works in a drive-thru, it is so respectful and nice if you just wear that mask when you get up to the window. I know we're not in the same building and you might be in your car, but I'm still all up in your grill talking to you and handing you your drinks and stuff like that. It's just a respect thing. It's That's not six feet apart. And um, Corona doesn't care that you're in your car. Um, just It's for two seconds while you get your stuff. Corona doesn't stop for coffee. Yeah. I still, I have a big, I have a bone to pick with people who are going to restaurants right now. I can't, it, Corona doesn't go away I just because you're at your table. One restaurant. I've been in one side, inside one restaurant since the pandemic started. Like, it, like not like counting like a walk-in place to like grab food real quick, but like I've not sat down and eaten dinner in a location because that makes me nervous. And I also don't want to hurt customer service people's feelings and give them more fucking trauma to deal with. Literally, if I leave my house to go to Target once a week, that's a lot. Like, yeah. The but most any- outside experience I have is my job. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, you know, why don't we jump into an escape for for about an hour and uh, do a little shameless recapping? What do you think? Oh, uh, so I think we should. But I would like to say something. I don't think this information was out by the last time we recorded, but we got a start date for season 11 of shameless which is what december 6th correct yeah by the time this drops it'll be like two weeks away so we get season 11 which is starting in about like yeah about like three weeks so uh we have that to start screaming about and have to shut our mouth about (laughs) yeah i don't know how to handle it i don't know if we should do like a segment up at the top where we just scream about season 11 or if we should task ourselves with doing season two and season 11 simultaneously i feel like i feel like a cool idea would be maybe at like the beginning of the episode like we do like a small kind of like talk about the episode like from the week previously and only do like a small segment so like we don't like turn it into a long episode and then go into season two and then maybe like if we end up working our way all the way up to that season then we can like do the whole like finessing because I feel like a lot of our listeners are people who have obviously seen the show plenty of times or already know quite a bit about it so I feel like it might not be that much of an inconvenience to the listeners but I don't know me and you can feel it out whenever the season starts yeah I like that you know what if we just ramble at the top and then when I go into the edit I can put in a thing be like if you don't want to hear spoilers for season 11 skip to and I'll I'll figure out the minute mark and sk- and people can yeah. skip to that. Oh, by the way, if you listen to this podcast, can you tell other people to listen to this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> we had one. We had a fan um retweet us and uh, do like a quote from our episode two last week. They're like, and then they look at each other, and then they blush, and then they start. So they they retweeted us with uh with the quote from the episode, and it made me all warm and fuzzy inside. It made me so happy. <laughs> I love that so much that's so good uh so yeah Uh, like i like people don't realize i feel like i'm i've always been in the same boat but like people don't realize that when you interact with like uh someone's content or something like that like that goes such a long way for the creator and like just small things like that like honestly like you go in (laughs) truly and like i my tiktok got banned because i put up a portion of my fan video that had like Ian and Mickey, like, suggested the suggestion that Ian and Mickey were fucking in, like, half a second of it, and TikTok banned me permanently, so I had to, Uh, yeah, 
I had to re-go on TikTok That's and get insane. like get like another cell phone number to attach it to. It was a whole thing. Um, but yeah, I'm still trying to push us on TikTok, but now I only have seven followers. Um <laughs> But yeah, if you listen to us and you like us, can you tell other people that you like us and rate us on uh Apple Podcasts and leave us reviews? And uh yeah, we like to hear from you. Like talk to us. And we I put out the call the other day. I want a theme song and I want I, it would be super cool if one of our <laughs> listeners did music of some sort and like I want a theme song so bad. That'd be so good. But anyway, let's get into it, shall we? Let's go. So today, today's episode, we are talking about we're talking about season two, episode four, a beautiful mess. So uh, we're still, it's still technically a summer season, and it aired on January 29th, 2012. That's about what we're going to get uh, with season 11, too. It's going to be a summer season that starts on December 6th. In the dead of winter. <laughs> yeah. They are sprinting to get this motherfucker shot. Like, every day, they're fucking sprinting mm-hmm. to get it done before they get shut down. Yeah, dude, it seems like they are having, like, extra long days and stuff like that. Like, I see them, they normally, it seems like they start filming probably around, like, early afternoon and then i see them on set until like the wee of the night so like shout out to them i hope they all are getting the rest they need and shout out to emma kenny for doing double duty doing shameless and the connors at the same fucking time i can't imagine how that's going and she is yeah god luckily they're both on the warner brothers lot but like the connors started airing last week oh my god so like you better work bitch good for you um but yeah so this episode (laughs) This episode was written by uh, writers we've seen before, Alex Borstein and LaToya Morgan. LaToya is a staff writer for the whole season. Alex uh, Borstein, uh, widely known now for being on The Marvelous Miss Maisel. She's written many episodes of Shameless. She does the voice of Lois Griffin on Family Guy. She wrote for Shameless through season three. Um, And we love Alex Borstein. She's very funny. And Mm -hmm. LaToya Morgan, she's a staff writer. She did 12 episodes through 2012. She's done Parenthood, uh, the show Turn Washington Spies, Into the Badlands, The Walking Dead. Very cool. Directed by Mark Myloid, also a director we've seen before. He directed The Pilot, Episode 9 and Episode 12 of Season 1. He's done 12 episodes of Shameless through 2018, which I think is Season nine, season 8 or 9. He directed uh, The Pilot in Episodes 4 and 5 of the British series. He's also done Secession, Entourage, United States of Terra, Game of Thrones. He's very, very talented. But let's get into the synopsis of this episode. This episode is <laughs> strange. I don't know. This episode felt weird when yeah. I was recapping it. So Fiona deals with the consequences of sleeping with Craig when his angry wife shows up at the door. Agoraphobic Sheila makes it all the way to the hair salon. And Frank realizes his day in the Jackson yeah. house are numbered. What do we think? I, I'm excited. I'm excited Good. for Sheila. I'm excited. I Whenever Sheila's in the summary, you know it's going to be good. <laughs> the previously almost done by Debbie. I think this is the first. Is this her first one? I think this is her first one. Yeah, I think we've gotten Fiona, Frank, and Lip so far. So this is, Debbie is the, is joining the ranks up there. Yeah, because I think like, we, I think we like talked about this about like season one and stuff like that, like ongoing in the season two was then when you start seeing like more of like the other characters and stuff like that, because they only use like the token characters for season one, because that's all they thought people were going to care about. Uh, so yeah, in the previously on, we see the army colonel gives Lip West Point information. Fiona is just overwhelmed in general. The daycare is going crazy, and uh, and Debbie is in charge of that. Sheila's making progress walking down the street. 
Karen broke up with Lip and got engaged to Jody. Fiona has a fling going on with a rich guy at the bar and had a regrettable, horrible, awful hookup with her high school crush, Craig Heisner, who is a married man with kids. And I don't like to think about that scene in the minivan. It's so bad. (laughs) It's so gross. So we get the previously on, we get the credits, and then we open on the daycare having a messy-ass breakfast. These kids are throwing food fucking everywhere. And Debbie and Ethel are trying to hold that shit down all on their own. And Debbie takes mm-hmm. a Debbie takes a break. She starts breaking out from a rash. She's got a rash on her arm from stress. She starts breaking it's out. It's like so sad. Like she's a, she's like so tiny and small, and she has this like nasty rash on her arm. That poor girl. <laughs> uh, so she's running the daycare, and a woman knocks on the back door. She's got a baby on her hip, and she asks for Fiona. And Debbie's like, "Oh, this is a potential client." She needs to talk to the grown-up to, like, drop the child off. So Debbie goes upstairs and wakes Fiona up, because Fiona had been working all night. So she wakes Fiona up, and she, Fiona asks if Debbie can even handle another kid. And Debbie's like, yeah, fuck it. What's another kid? It's a baby. I. Mm. <laughs> She's 10 years yeah. old. She's 10 years old in charge of all these kids. So Fiona gets dressed. She goes downstairs to meet the woman and just gets punched right in the face. Gets punched right in the face. Yep. Because that's Craig Heisner's. Wife. And I, my favorite, my favorite part about it is that like she is wearing like one of those baby carriers. So she literally has a baby like on her chest right now in one of those characters, and she just like starts a swinging. <laughs> like this woman comes in hot. She's just like losing her fucking mind with a baby attached to her chest. She starts chasing Fiona through the house. Like Fiona gets hit. Gets up, realizes it's Craig's wife, and fucking books it out the front door. And the woman, at some point, got a hold of the Gallagher bat. And is has a baby strapped to her chest, and the Gallagher bat in her hand. Chasing after Fiona. Running down the street. And that- <laughs> it's just like, it's, what a way to start the episode. That's how Fiona starts her morning. That's how we start the episode. And... Then we cut over to the Jackson house, where Frank comes downstairs. There is no Sheila in sight. But there is a buck-naked Jody just standing in the kitchen. Jody with, like, one of those uh, workout armband things on with his iPod in it and earbuds just hanging dong, making breakfast. (laughs) I love Jody. He's so carefree, and he's, like, he's, he's, like... He's, like, one of the relief characters. He's just, when you see him, you know you're just gonna, like, have a smile on your face. <laughs> Even Frank is like, why are why are you naked? And Jody's like, I gotta air it out, man. And, nope, Sh- Sheila ain't home. I'm just being naked in the kitchen, making eggs. And we learn Sheila is on a walk, and she almost makes it to a beauty salon. She's, like, a few steps away from making it into a beauty parlor. And she has to, like, yell to the person Jeez. that, like, she's gonna be a little bit. She's, like... I think she ha- she has like her whole little like outfit on. She's like wearing like a like she has like a map or sink in her hand, and she's like yelling to the people. She's like, "I'll be there next week" or something like that, because she knows like how many day- more steps she needs and like what day she'll be there. It's so <laughs> sorry, I was just dying. For <laughs> and when she finally does make it in, she's like under the hair dryer, and she turns to the person next to her. She's like, "This is better than sex." <laughs> I love her. I love Joan Cusack so she much. The character. But we we cut back from that adorable little montage to Frank in the kitchen with Jody. Um, 
airing airing it out. And Fiona comes bursting in the back door and hides in Sheila's house under the dining room table and tells Frank, do not let that woman inside. And Frank gets all giddy. He's like, what did you do? Why are you in trouble now? (laughs) So Frank crawls under the dining room table with her and they kind of bond over the fact that Fiona is being chased by the woman whose husband she slept with. And it's like, it's kind of adorable how they bond. Apparently this woman found out that Fiona fucked Craig Heisner because Craig Heisner told his wife that he cheated on her with Fiona. Like, that's his fault. He was the man, like, trying to get it to it. And now he's like, oh, you mean me? And, like, you didn't have to bring Fiona's name into it. Just tell her you cheated. You, You didn't have to bring Fiona into it. She asks, like, why would somebody do that? And Frank says, because he's a pussy. You always pick pussies. And she, Fiona reflects. She's like, oh my god. I was chased from my own house, and now I'm hiding in yours. Holy shit, I'm you. Holy shit. (laughs) I, oh my god. I, like, like, it's small little Frank things like that that I'm just like, sometimes I like him. And then other times I'm like, never mind, I take that back. Like, it was cute. This was actually, like, very funny, this moment under the table. And it gets even funnier when Jody comes over, and all we see from the perspective of under the table is Dick in the face. And then he kneels down. He had his headphones in, remember, so he didn't even notice Fiona was there. And he's like, oh, what's up? You want some eggs? Like... (laughs) (laughs) You want some eggs? (laughs) He's just so casual. Like, that's why I love him. Like, he doesn't have, like, all the Southside grime like all the other characters. He's just there to have fun. (laughs) He rolls with the punches, that Jody, and we like him for that. So then we go, um, the backyard truck at the Gallagher house. Karen is there, she's rolling joints for Lip, and she gets, I think, like, 50 cents a joint that she makes. And she does a whole jar for him, and he pays her. And then Lip starts to get undressed, because he's like, oh, we're gonna fuck now. And Karen's like, no, I was serious. We're not fucking anymore, I'm engaged. And, like, Lip seems genuinely... Like, I, I, feel, I feel bad, because, like, yeah, she, she did, like, say that, but, like, how many other times has Karen said something that she hasn't, like kept up with or like kept her promise to so like of course lips is just like let's go so i feel lip is fucking heartbroken over this but he's not letting it show um and they decide they can still be friends and they lay down in the truck and uh in the back of the van and karen's like why is there a megan fox shrine on the ceiling of this van and it's because i don't know if you remember a few episodes ago carl has been sleeping in the van because carl wanted to get out of the house because there were too many people in one room so he's been sleeping in the van this summer And that's a good way to transition. Apparently, he's also been hanging out with this hoodlum named Lil Hank. And... Oh, Lil Hank. (laughs) And speaking of that, we transition over to Lil Hank and Carl. They're in some guy's house because Lil Hank is like a... He watches people's homes and waters their plants and shit, like, as a side hustle. You know, this nine-year-old. And they're raiding the minibar in this guy's house because they're alone in a grown man's house and they're raiding the minibar. And then the guy comes home early and chases them out of the house. He's like, you were just supposed to fucking water my plants and bring in my mail. What the fuck are you doing at my bar? Yeah, because they were just, like, cracking open, like, a beat. I think they were, like, opening, like, the one shooter. Like, the one, uh, the, what are they called? The shooters. And they were, like, drinking them and shit like that. Like, chilling on the couch. Like, first of all, why hire a nine-year-old out of all the people to fucking water your plants? Uh, yeah, that's on him, honestly. Uh, <laughs> 
Especially one that looks like Lil Hank. Like, that motherfucker's gonna steal your yeah. shit. You're then, hiring two dirty-looking kids. That's what you get. <laughs> they get chased out of the house, and we go over to the Gallagher pool with a cool transition of Kev doing a cannonball into the pool. I love it. It's so cool. <laughs> So Kev is like, Kev is hanging out with the daycare kids and he did a cannonball in the pool with them. And he's trying to convince Ethel to come in and swim. And she says she would, he's like, I'm sure you can borrow a suit from Debbie. And she's like, no, I wouldn't be comfortable without my swimming costume. And it's like a 1920s full coverage swimming outfit that we get like an insert of for taking like a Victorian photo in this outfit. (laughs) Oh, poor Ethel. Poor Ethel. So, like, Kev is, like, trying, he's trying so hard to, like, encourage her to, like, do kid stuff and be a kid. And, uh, he's in there, uh, having that conversation with Ethel when Fiona comes home and she's like, is the coast clear? And Kev's like, what the fuck? You've been acting like a dude all summer. What the fuck is up with you? (laughs) Fiona's a player. And, like, after, she's like, yeah, fuck off. Like, it's not a serious accusation or whatever. It's just like, what is, what is up with you? You've just been fucking around all summer. Are you good? And she brushes it off. And Kev (laughs) starts asking parenting advice. He said he's worried Ethel isn't hanging out with anyone her own age. And Fiona's like, I'm riffing here. I don't know if you noticed, but I don't know what I'm doing. And Fiona, Debbie goes to get in the pool. And Fiona notices the rash on her arm. And she's like, you're not getting in the fucking pool when your arm looks like that. And Mm-mm, yeah, uh-uh. and Debbie's like, what about my kids? I can't leave my kids. And Kev's like, hello, I am an adult. I can watch the children. <laughs> I love kids. <laughs> so like Kevin Ethel offer, so offer to watch the kids. And we go and uh, let, Fiona says she's going to take Debbie over to V's. Because remember, V is their family doctor. Uh, and she needs to figure out what's up with Debbie's arm. And then Kev does the little, like, jump around thing in the pool where he, like, just yells and slaps the water. <laughs> it's very cute. Kev is great with kids. Kev is going to be a great dad. And then we go to Lip, Mandy, and Ian in, like, an indoor flea market. It looks like, like, it doesn't look like a mall. It's too small to be a mall. It looks like an indoor flea market. And Lip is calling Jody and hanging up when he gets his voicemail. It's very strange. Yeah, and he's just like, okay, like, why are you calling it? <laughs> and then we get some exposition of Ian saying he's volunteering at the VA later. And then Ian and uh, Lip and Mandy are both like, that's stupid. We don't like that you're doing this army thing. We're opposed to this. I was like, I like that. Yeah. And uh, Mandy even says, they don't even make bootstraps anymore. So how the hell are we supposed to pull ourselves up by them, dumbass? And Lip's like, ooh, dumbass. And they're like, <laughs> They, like, hit each other and tease each other. It's so fucking cute. I love this friendship so much. I, this dynamic, like, them three together are so good. Like, we don't need Karen anymore. Like, just give me the uh, the Gallagher boys and Mandy and I'm good. Yeah. Or the Gallagher boys and Mickey. Any Milkovich will do. True. True. Yeah, any, besides Terry. Yeah, no, Terry is a rotted piece of garbage. There, sorry, <laughs> quick interjection. There was a picture of Ian and Mickey wearing both, like, army fatigue pants and, like, gray shirts outside of a barbed wire and it looked like a prison. And I was like, tell me they're going there to pick up Terry's body. That'd be great. Uh, they're, like, in, like, boot camp or something. I'm gonna lose my mind. <laughs> it's like, all I want is for them to be like, yeah, we're going to prison to pick up Terry's ashes because he's been murdered. Like, I, fuck this man. Good. 
I will be the one to murder him. So we go from these three hanging out, being cute, to Fiona taking Debbie over to V's house so she so V can look at Debbie's rash and tell them what the fuck is up with that. And Fiona says she called, she tells them that she called Steve. And she says she called him because she wanted to hear his voice. Because she misses him. Because she's in love with him. We find out the rash is from stress. And V gives Debbie steroid cream. And she's like, you have to start relaxing. Because you have stress rash and you're 10 years old. Yeah, poor little girl. Like, she's literally a 25-year-old woman (laughs) in a 9-year-old body. And then after she gives Debbie that advice, Debbie's like, okay, cool. Can I go and tend to my children now? Cool, thanks. Like, not taking the advice at all. And then before Fiona leaves, V, like, withholds the ointment. She's like, hey, um, maybe figure out why you want to talk to Steve. Just, like, a thought. Just, like, do a little... (laughs) I love a best... thank you, I love a best friend who is also their family doctor. <laughs> and then, uh, we go to Hank and Carl, uh, at another client's house, doing a walkthrough. They steal some of the guy's wife's bras. Like, uh, like, I don't get, like, I, I get it, but like, what are you going to do with it in the end? <laughs> Hank, Hank is, Boy. Hank is, seems like a real winner, doesn't he, that Hank? Mm-hmm. And then Great we, addition. And then we go over to Fiona and Debbie. They're walking down the street. They've gone shopping. And uh, Fiona's trying to figure out how to lighten Debbie's load without losing money from, like, she doesn't want to, like, not take a shift because she has to help out with the daycare. Because Debbie's like, your shifts are the only thing that are going to get us through the winter. And then Fiona tells Debbie she has to start acting like she's 11. Because she's 11. And she has to invite friends over for a birthday party. And... Lena pointed this out, but Debbie does make it clear her birthday is in October. Yeah, and then what were the other times we saw she said her birthday? Because there was the one on, like, the Lose My Virginity time. It was a different birthday, and then wasn't there, like, another one they said her birthday was? Yeah, but, like, as of right now, they're establishing that Debbie's birthday is in October, and Fiona's like, well, fuck it, it's somebody's birthday, so we're gonna have a sleepover birthday party. And, uh, as we are seeing that (laughs) We then get the iconic shot that you still see in commercials for Showtime of a milkshake slow-mo hitting the side of Fiona's head and, like, exploding Mm -hmm. off Shameless has, like, three iconic shots which they will use until the end of time, and that is probably one of the coolest shots they've done. Shout out to fucking Andy for getting a milkshake all up in her grill, though. (laughs) Slow-mo milkshake to the side of her face blowing out because Mrs. Craig Heisner just rolled down the street out in a minivan and just fucking threw it at Fiona's head. What did she scream at her? Like, she was, like, called her, like, a bitch or something? <laughs> yeah, homewrecker or something. She yelled some some shit at her. Um, and Fiona's like, you know what? At least it's chocolate. <laughs> she, like, she, like, like, brushes it off so, like, quickly. And I'm like, damn. <laughs> you do you, girl. Meanwhile, at the Jackson house... Lip waits for Karen to leave, and then he lets himself in. Because why lock the door, right? Yeah, because they don't live in, like, maybe a questionable part of Chicago where there's always something going on. You don't need to lock your doors. And then Lip and Frank start having conversations that Lip seems to have a lot with people where Lip is talking about one thing and the other person is talking about their thing. And they're both talking and not really listening to each other. Frank's is about Sheila getting out of the house, and Lip is asking questions about Jody. And then there's a throwaway comment Frank says, I never should have fucked Dottie to death. I could have made that work. 
<laughs> Bruh, all right. Frank's anything is revoked again. <laughs> no <All> right. rights. <laughs> R.I.P. to Dottie. She deserved more. Oh, and this is when we get the this is when we get the cut in of Sheila having the great time yelling that her blowout is better than sex. Good for her. Nothing but respect for Sheila in this house. As she should. And then we go back to the boys in the kitchen. Uh, Frank figures out that Sheila is a few days away from the alibi, and Lip gives Frank advice: No one trades an MVP. Frank just needs to make himself valuable, and there's no way Sheila will kick him out of the house. And Frank's like, "Uh huh, yes, processing that." Also, outside is scary. What if I made it scarier? Fuck you, Frank. Like, you could just make yourself I mean, useful. Like, I feel like always, like, his initial plan isn't a negative plan, but the steps and the things he goes through to try to get those things done are what, like, fuck it up for him. Like, make him a horrible, nasty person. <laughs> fucking frank man um and then jody comes downstairs and gets changed from his shower just in the living room he just gets changed in the living room I, wouldn't he be in karen's room and we learn jody calls sheila mom and we love that also but that's it but if we don't talk about what's gonna happen maybe in like the later next season <laughs> i don't want to think about him i don't i <laughs> Right now it's you know cute because exactly he's, he's marrying her daughter, so he calls now, her mom. Now it's innocent and it's sweet and it's nice. Sorry, I was going to say he calls her mommy later and I, I'm just going to not. I'm going to move on. <laughs> so we find, out, we find out Jody calls Sheila mom because Lip tries to convince Jody to come out to the alibi with him. And Jody's like, oh, I sort of wish the next time I went to the alibi it would be with mom. Cause she's almost there. Like Jesus Christ, I love Sho- I love Jody so much. And uh, Lip eventually is like, you know what? Why don't we scout the place out for her? Why don't you just come with me and we do like a recon mission at the bar? And Jody's like, yeah, whatever, cool. And he agrees to go to the bar with Lip. Oh yeah. And then we join Kev, who is coaching a youth basketball league. Hi, <laughs> that's the cutest shit in the entire world. I Kevin deserves everything. How much time does this man have? Cause he works at the Alibi. He has a foster child who has a child also at his house. He, <laughs> Literally, you have a foster child who has a child. He has the he has ice cream truck, yeah. And now he's a youth basketball. He's also helping Debbie. We're, this man's, and and he can afford to still live in his household and work in a bar. Honestly, iconic. <laughs> uh, Kev, Kev is the goal. Um, So he's coaching a youth basketball league. And Ethel is there, just, like, on the bleachers with her son. And Kev's like, do you want to throw you in for a few drills? Like, run around, like, hang out with other kids. He's just trying to get her to, like, interact with people her own age. And then he sees her looking at one of his players, his player Malik. Who we stand- I fucking love Malik. Malik is one of the best characters. He's so wholesome and good. I love him. He's such, like, a nice guy. Uh, so yeah, Malik comes over, like, Kev calls Malik over, and he, Malik's like, oh my god, your son is so cute. My daughter is 18 months old. We should get our kids together for a play date, which is really cute. <laughs> Do we love the commonality of child pregnancy? No. <laughs> But do we love seeing young parents take uh, authority and responsibility for their children? Yes. Malik seems like a good dad, and he sees this sweet girl holding her son, and he's like, we should get our kids together for a play date. 
Oh my god, it's so cute. I love Malik. And uh, and then Malik's ex, who is also on the basketball team, tries to like get in Ethel's face about talking to her man. And Ethel is just so she's like, oh, I don't mean to cause any trouble. Um, in my in my where I come from, it's an honor to share your man. And like the girl tries to fight Ethel, and <laughs> Ethel's just like too sweet to process it. Ethel's like Ethel's not innocent and too innocent at the same time. Like, I think, like, everything is approached so innocently. I'm just like, oh, this poor girl. But, like, Kev breaks up the girl that's, like, Malik stands up to her, too. He's like, will you back off? Ethel did not do anything. We stand Malik. Kev is like, yeah, break it up. Go run it off. And then he turns to Ethel and he's like, you're a little shit starter. And he winks and, like, it's so cute. I love it. They're already starting off good. Kev is such a good dad. I love this. And then we go to the Jackson house. Sheila and her brand new cute little hairdo. Um, ask Frank for help because the the burner on the stove is not igniting. So Frank comes over with the piece he took out of the stove and uh, just like slips it out and puts it back in and magically fixes it because he fucking broke it. And then he tries to scare her about like the horrors of the world, bringing up like women that got mugged and abducted and, and attacked in like all of these news stories. And she was like, well, where was that? What street was that? What do you mean? Well, I'll just avoid that street then. Like, Sheila is so healthy. She has grown so much, like, within her little steps and stuff like that. She's like, okay, I'll avoid that area. I know what I'm doing now, so I just don't need to go there. She's learned too much. She's becoming too strong. And then we go to Fiona and V. Fiona comes running up. She almost missed the train. They're waiting for the L. Fiona's like, she just made it because she had to take the long way around to avoid Lucy, Craig's wife, and her kids holding up that banner that says Fiona Gallagher boned our daddy. Like, I get being mad that your husband cheated, but, like, that at length, like, obviously it's for the TV show, but I'm like, God damn. Like, all up in public, like, proudly being like, my husband cheated on me. <laughs> like, what? This is, sounds like a your husband issue. Like, F- yeah, Fiona participated, oh. but your husband cheated on you. Why are you mad at the woman? Initiated it. Like, it was. it takes two to tango. So you're also throwing your husband and yourself under the bus by just calling it out. Because now everyone knows that your husband's a cheating bastard and that no wonder he doesn't maybe want to be with you. (laughs) And so Fiona calls Craig and tells him to call off his fucking pit bull of a wife. He's like, get her the fuck away from me. V echoes Frank's statement. He's a pussy. You always pick pussies. And Fiona's like, well, they are what they eat. A moment of silence for that. A moment of silence for that. I love that so much. They are what they eat. You know Steve gave good head. You know he did. Yeah. Fiona is so strung up. No wonder. (laughs) She's like, I had that good dick. I had that good dick in my life and now it's gone. So Fiona tries to invite V over for um, for the sleepover that she's making Debbie have. And V's like, I'm sorry, I can't. I work at the nursing home all night. And, um... Then she tries to invite V out for a night with Jasmine and their club friends because Fiona's club boyfriend is coming back from Spain or wherever the fuck he was. And V's like, yeah, no, hard pass. I'm also not, I'm not doing that. And Fiona figures out, she's like, the only people coming to Debbie's party are me and Ian and Lip. Like, she has no friends. How did I not notice that she has no friends? poor girl. Relatable, Debbie. Um, and then over at the alibi, Kev, Kev, like, Lip and Jody are there, and Kev's like, can I see some ID from Lip? And Lip's like, are you fucking kidding me? 
Kev's like, I have to cover my ass. Show me something. <laughs> he shows him like a fake ID with a weird fake name. And Kev's like, thanks so much, sir. And Jody just orders a Coke. And Lip's like, why? Why aren't you drinking? And Jody just doesn't answer and gets up to go to the bathroom. Jody's fucking weird. We're never going to say Jody isn't weird because Jody's weird. No, he's weird, but he's he's not a malicious weird like every other character. He's just kind of like a there weird. <laughs> yeah. So, Kev, like, Lip tells Kev, I'm going to try to, like, lift Jody's wallet. So Jody comes back from the bathroom and Kev purposely spills his drink on him. And Lip lifts Jody's wallet and phone and goes into the bathroom. And he's, like, halfway through looking through it and Karen storms in. And she's like, where's his fucking phone? And then she drops like, the R slur and they mention Glee and I yelled. So <laughs> <laughs> much happens in like 20 seconds. <laughs> what was the what was the Glee mention? I forget. She drops the R slur and and Lip's like, you know that girl on Glee says it's not a lot, it's not appropriate to say that anymore. Like they just said that and I was like, not Glee. <laughs> <laughs> not glee <laughs> not glee we're not bringing up glee right now because i guess this was like season what two of glee 2011 2012 2011 that would have been season two was 2010 11 yeah so this is season three glee is happening season three of goddamn. glee season two of shameless goddamn goddamn they started at roughly the same like shameless started a little bit after glee but like Wow, what two wildly different things I decided to get monstrously obsessed with at the same time. But yeah, they mentioned Glee and I yelled because I thought of you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so Lip gets to, Karen's like, give me Jody's fucking phone and wallet, you absolute asshole. Because Karen just knew, I guess. I guess, uh, I guess Jody told her that he was going out to the alibi with Karen and Karen knew what Lip was up to. The fact that, like, she knew where exactly where he was and that he would have his shit, like, like she was just like, mm, give it to me. And then Lip is getting desperate, uh, so he pushes Karen up against the stall wall and kisses her. And poor guy has it bad. He wants her back so much. And she rejects mm -hmm. him. She pushes him off like, oh, your first love. I feel so bad for you, Lip. Not everybody gets to marry their first love like your brother. Um, and then at the Gallagher house... Debbie and Ethel are getting ready for daycare for the day. And Ethel's like, can Malik, can Malik and his daughter come by for lunch? And and Debbie's like, well, if they, if they eat, he pays. Like, Debbie doesn't even register that Ethel's like, I have a boy coming over. She's so cute. It's so innocent. And Fiona comes in. She tries to continue to plan Debbie's party. And she asks Debbie what she wants. And she wants, like, a strawberry coffee cake. It's such a strange request. And Fiona's like, wow, even, yeah. even your taste in cake is like a 40-year-old. It's weird. And then uh, Jasmine comes in and Debbie immediately roasts the shit out of her and just takes the free Starbucks. And then Jasmine does cocaine just in the kitchen casually. Just pulls and out it's, like the it's the morning. It's the morning. Yeah. It does cocaine. Yeah. Good for her. <laughs> Is it like Jasmine comes in and Debbie's like, "Don't you have a home?" Like she just, just like fucking roasts the shit out of Jasmine. And Jasmine's like, "Well, you're welcome for the coffee, Miss Debbie." Does cocaine, and then we find out Jasmine has been using her mom's breast cancer as a reason to cheat on her husband. She she tells him she's at the hospital with her mom, 
Instead, she's out fucking the old man that she fucks. <sighs> Jasmine, Jasmine, Jasmine. Jasmine started off so strong and then just started to suck so fast. Yeah. And then apparently Jasmine also gave Fiona's number to another creepy old man. Fiona's like, could you stop doing that, maybe? And then up in the boys' room, Ian is trying to study, and Lip is still obsessing over Jody. And Lip got Tony, you know, the only policeman in Chicago, to do a background check on Jody, and Tony did not find anything. And then Ian says, Tony. <laughs> Ian says Lip is acting like Liam when someone plays with one of his toys. He's just like, you are out of your mind a little bit here. And Fiona comes in and makes them promise to stick around for Debbie's party. And like, mm, precious baby girl, she's got nobody coming to her party, so her brothers have to attend. I know she just needs friends at her party. And then Debbie downstairs is running the daycare, doing like the wheels on the bus, but she's going, the people on the bus all smell like pee, most likely because they peed. And then Ethel and Malik are in the kitchen with their kids on the floor, trading parenting tips of like how to get their kids and to And I think they're each like, they're each, like, holding each other's kids, too, and it's just, like, so sweet. It's so cute. And uh, she, Malik takes the news that De- that Ethel has an elderly husband pretty well. Um, He's just like, ah, all right, cool. Like, he just sort of brushes past it. He handles mm-hmm. it well. Respect for Malik. Debbie and Ethel have girl talk about Malik while they change a baby. And De- Debbie offers the logic. She And Ethel's like, well, I'm a married woman. And Debbie's like, well, if Clive can have ten wives, why are you only allowed to have one husband? And Ethel's like, damn. Damn, you right, Debbie. <laughs> she made a point. She did make a point. And then at the Jackson house, uh, Frank is still trying to make himself useful with little around-the-house tasks. Sheila leaves to go wedding dress shopping with Karen. She finally can do all the things she wanted to do. I'm like genuinely happy for Karen in this moment that like her mom is able to go wedding dress shopping with her. Like she probably dreamed mm. of that for a long time and didn't think it would happen. But like it's really sweet and Frank again tries to scare her with more bullshit. The world is on is out to get you stories. Uh which are true, but uh he's being an asshole about it. She leaves anyway. She's like baby, I'm going to be fine. And she leaves anyway. And Jody says he's proud of Sheila. Same. He says she's like a baby deer in the forest and life's the hunter. A wise man. He got some words to spell. <laughs> and then back at yeah. the Gallagher house, Fiona is in the middle of telling Debbie she needs more friends when a brick comes through the window. As it does. Craig's wife is relentless. She just wrote some nasty shit on a brick and threw it through the window. And then Fiona and Debbie just like brush it off and start cleaning up the glass. And Fiona tells Debbie to invite kids from school. Invite kids from school to the to the sleepover. And that Debbie deserves friends. She's like, Debbie, you, you're allowed to have friends. You deserve friends. I'm like, I feel like no one's ever told her that before, which is really sad. Yeah. And then we see Frank walk into the alibi and ask, and first ask for the wall, the gun that's on the wall. It's like a World War II German gun. And um, the bartender's like, no, you can't have that. And then he waits for her back to be turned. No. He waits for her back to be turned, and then he just fucking takes it. He just takes it off the wall. And and then hits from the tap directly into his mouth, and then leaves. And then we're at the park, and Debbie walks up. The boy from the library is playing chess with an old man in the park, and Debbie invites him over for her sleepover. Okay, I remember this kid, sort of, and that's that's another child. He's a cute little nerdy kid that Debbie knows. That's all we know about him. Yeah. 
And then, oh, hi, baby. We cut over Mickey. Oh, hey. In one of the hottest outfits Mickey wears, just like this, the zip-up hoodie with no sleeves and nothing else underneath. Like, and he just looked good. So the lighting was right. The profile was right. He looked good. The arms, he was beefy. He looked good. <laughs> Mickey, he's shooting at targets under the L. I don't find cigarettes attractive and I don't find guns attractive, but Mickey smoking and shooting is the hottest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so Frank comes up and he's like, hey, can I get a couple of bullets from you? And Mickey's like, you can't just put any bullet in any gun. Guns ain't garanimals. Like, it's, and he, Mickey, or Frank takes a few bullets and Mickey's like, you're an asshole. You're an idiot. And that's gonna, that's gonna ruin you. Yep. And then we get like a first person shooter perspective of Frank aiming just, just to the right of Karen. It's like, it looks like you're in a video game. The way that they have the shot laid out. <laughs> like the scope or whatever, like yeah. you're trying to get a target. And he's aiming like just to the right of Karen and Sheila. And then he pulls the trigger and because he put the wrong bullet in the gun, the gun simply explodes in his hand and knocks him on his ass. And Karen hears it. Because like, why, would he think, why would he think a gun on the wall of a bar would be a reliable source? Mans could probably get a gun way easier just by going into, like, a back alley, probably. Uh, so yeah, the gun explodes in his hand, and Karen hears it and ducks, and Sheila's just like, baby, it was probably just a car backfiring, it's fine, everything's fine. Sheila isn't phased! Uh, Sheila doesn't care. She's too healthy. But Frank has a scratched cornea now and has to wear an eye patch. Mickey warned you. Yeah, I scratched my cornea. <laughs> Got an eye patch on at the alibi. Mickey warned you, you dumb fuck. And then uh, Frank complains to Kevin she to Kev about Sheila, and then he asks the whole bar, "Hey, when Sheila makes it down here, will you all keep your fucking mouths shut about me?" And they're all like, "Fuck you, no." Yeah, they're like, "Nope, we're good." And then we see pretty much a cartoon light bulb appear above Frank's head as he sees a one-armed man at the alibi, and he goes and starts chatting up, starting a conversation with the one-armed man. What do you have? Because Frank is probably gonna think they have so much in common. Like, he's, he's devious. He's got something planned. And uh, then we see Debbie go to the house of a girl that is 100% older than her, but is somehow still in Debbie's class. Played by the lovely Doug Cameron. Oh, is it Doug Cameron? <laughs> yep. Which I was very astounded to see that after her playing this sort of character on this show, girl still got a Disney contract. Right? Because I feel like Disney, like, I feel like Disney is, like, one of those people that, like, if you do anything sketchily, like, beforehand, like, I feel like they don't want you in there, like, it's one thing if you do it after you release Disney's contract, but I feel like prior Disney contracts, I feel like they're very strict of what you should have been looking like, because I feel like Doug Cameron's only, I just, like, when I looked her up, she's about, like, 24. This episode came out in 2012, so, like, she was, like, six, like, what, 15, 16? Yeah. I don't know how to do math. And then, well, same thing for, I guess it applies because, like, the Connors universe and, the Ga and like, the Gallagher, like, vibe fits. But, like, Emma Kenny being on ABC is, like, Disney fucking owns that shit now. But, like, I guess yeah. she just, the vibe just transferred so well over that. And, and Emma's never done nudity on Shameless. No, she hasn't. She's, she, I think she just turned 21, right? Yeah, so, like, when she turned 18, she was able to mock out with people, but now, like, she's 18. I feel like, I think because we watched 
the younger kids grow up, I feel like out of a respect thing. And it's so they can't be considered groomed that they probably won't do the younger kids any things that way, regardless, even if they are of age now, because like, that's basically like you groomed a child for a nude and you seen a weird TV show. Are you okay? <laughs> and to be clear, if they do ever give um, Carl or, or Debbie sex scenes, it will be at the expense of any Ian and Mickey sex scenes. They will cut any of those to give us any of these children having sex. They will. They will do that. It's <laughs> happened before, so it will happen again. Yeah. But Dove Cameron is there. She's like the hot girl who is an idiot who is still in Debbie, the 10-year-old's class. Because this girl is clearly like, like 14. She's, like, wearing, like, a whole Daisy Duke outfit. Yeah. Like, tits out. So, yeah, the boy from the park brought Debbie over to her house. And Debbie invites the girl over for the sleepover. Because Debbie desperately likes being around the hot, pretty girls. Because she wants to be one of the hot, pretty girls. And the girl's like, well, can we watch an R-rated movie? Is there going to be pizza? Is Lip going to be there? And Debbie's like, yes, yes, and yes. Will you come? And the girl agrees to come. And then over at the Gallagher's, Lip and Ian are setting up the TV for the party. And there's like some pole dancer, like teach you how to exercise show on while they're setting it up. And uh, Lip, Ian says, speaking of hookers, how's Karen? <laughs> <laughs> I love him. <laughs> and Lip says he's scheming to get rid of Jody, including planting naked photos of Liam on Jody's laptop. Why do that to him? Oh. Why, why plant child porn on an innocent man's computer that is fucking ridiculous and then what like i didn't seem super serious but then they're setting up the tv and lip is behind it and he looks at like the pole dancers on the tv and he looks at ian and he's like really this is not a, none of this is doing anything for you and ian like considers it and goes nah still gay i'm weird <laughs> he's like i'm gay dude you know this <laughs> And then V comes in with the bad news that the club has been rented out for the night and she and Fiona have to work tomorrow night. And Fiona's like, what the fuck? Ian and Lip offer to chaperone the party and they say Mandy is coming, which makes Debbie super happy. Mandy and Debbie's friendship is so cute. It's so good because Mandy's just like, like, even though like Debbie does have like Fiona and stuff like that, it's just like another older like female figure besides like Fiona and V and it's like I'm so happy because like almost like V and Fiona are like Debbie's mom and then now she actually has kind of like an older sister kind of image I, I was yeah I was just gonna say that because like she goes to Mandy <laughs> for like makeup and boy advice like you don't go to your mom for makeup and boy advice you go to your older sister for makeup and boy advice and Mandy gets to be that older sister for them and it's really cute it's really cute you're so good so yeah, Fiona, she gets super sad and overwhelmed that she, like, is now going to miss this party for her little sister. And she goes to the bathroom and she calls Steve. You know, like we all do when we're depressed. We call our exes. Like we all do. She invites him to Debbie's birthday party. She's like, I know it'll probably be hard coming from halfway around the world. And she says she misses him. And she hangs up. And she cries. And, oh, God. Oh, Fiona. And then we go over to the balls and we find out that Ethel and Malik are off having a play date. And, like, Kevin V are in the kitchen talking about it. And V is super against it. And she and Kev have a really cute parental conversation about their teenage daughter dating a boy who has a baby. And Kev calls V a mama bear. He's like, you're like a little they mama are, bear. They're the only couple. <laughs> you're a little mama bear protecting your cub. You're a little, you're a little mama bear. It's so, and they, like, tease each other. It's so cute. They're so cute. 
the whole Kev v. Ethel and Malik, that entire situation is just like a big ball of adorable hanging over this whole episode. Yeah, it's just so cute and like pure. And then once again, Ian is trying to study and Lip comes in and asks for a movie recommendation for Debbie's party. And he's like, we could have this, this, or this. And Ian's like, Nightmare on Elm Street, the second one. Nightmare on Elm Street 2, it's better. Nightmare on Elm Street 2 is the gay one. And I liked that. <laughs> Good. It's Oh, I like I liked that so much. I like that little detail that they planted in the script. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Nightmare on Elm Street 2, the second one, it's scarier. No, it's not. It's just gayer. It's so good. Um, <laughs> Carl comes in with a status report on Karen because Carl has been, because Lip has been paying Carl to stalk Karen. And Ian's like, hi, that's creepy. You should let her that's go. That's weird. <laughs> and then Lip, like, they get in a fight. And Lip's like, oh, now you know what's best for everyone. The kid who wants to die for a country that thinks he's one of God's mistakes. And then Carl <laughs> says, the shrink at school says I'm one of God's mistakes. <laughs> but we breeze right past that remember how everyone every adult at carl's school is just the fucking worst yeah they're just an asshole so ian continues to try to knock some sense into lip he's like oh my god you've got to get over this karen thing and lip storms out right as we learn that carl got his first boner learning about marie antoinette's head getting chopped off interesting you know maybe the shrink has a point <laughs> Carl needs a little examining. And then we go into the kitchen. Uh, Frank is taking beer and like three bottles of ketchup from the fridge. And so why is there three bottles of ketchup in that fridge? <laughs> but honestly, like it takes me so long to go through a bottle of ketchup. She takes three. So then he oh. says, he says to Lip that Karen reminds him of Monica, a beautiful mess. Nasty. We, we, got we don't want to hear Monica's voice. We got the title of the episode right there. And, like, he has a point. Lip is his father's son falling for this beautiful mess of a woman. Um, and then, uh, so the library boy, whose name I won't learn, uh, and Ethel talk in the living room. I know. I was about to say, I was like, I forget his name. Do we know it? Because he's only he's called library boy. <laughs> it doesn't matter. He's like, oh, that was smart of you coming in your pajamas to Ethel. And she's like, these are not my pajamas. <laughs> he's like, you can tell he's embarrassed, though. He's, like, accidentally rude to Ethel. And then Fiona got Debbie's super weird cake request. She's like, you wanted it? I got it. Here it is for you. And then Ethel, who is a wonderful friend, tells Debbie she looks lovely. Because she's all dressed up. I love Ethel. Ethel's a good friend and Debbie almost didn't invite her because she said Ethel was more like a colleague than a friend. Like, no, Ethel is your friend. <laughs> Ethel's your friend. Ethel has also never had friends her own age. Ethel is your friend. And then we're finishing dinner at the Jackson house. Sheila says she's going to a friend's house to watch a movie. And Frank offers to do the dishes and tries to like, wait, but stay here and get sexy with me. And Sheila's like, no, my friend uh, is the kind of person who uh, might end her life if I cancel on her. So I'm gonna go to her house. Jody um, tries to get Frank to play a board game with him. Uh, Husker Do is the board game. When the one I've never heard of it. Right. And then the one-armed man his arm his dripping with ketchup comes like bursting in the front door yelling that a bus ripped his arm off and jody's like oh my god i'm gonna go find the arm frank call an ambulance and jody goes running out of the house because he's a himbo he's he's a himbo first and foremost and the guy's like what was that was that good frank's like good <laughs> 
good performance, uh, wrong audience. And he like dips a fry in his arm and eats it. Gross. And then it's Debbie party time. It's Debbie party time. Everybody time. Ian and Fiona are like having a little chat as they finish setting up and Fiona goes to leave for work. And she's like, thanks for doing this. And he's like, I didn't do it for you. I did it for Debs. What was that distinction about? Like, are they fighting? Yeah, like, they got beef or something? Like, I didn't do it for you. That's what you say when you're, like, fighting and you reluctantly do a favor. What's what's up? What's going on? It was weird. I don't know. I just thought it was a weird comment for him to make. Yeah. And then Mandy comes in. She brought black light, uh, black light light bulbs. And she's like, let's, you know, set the mood. Get black light light bulbs. It is really cute. And Mandy and Debbie, like, have a cute little conversation. And they're, we see their friendship start to develop because Debbie worships Mandy. Mm-hmm. And then Carl comes in with Hank, who sucks. And then, <laughs> and then the slutty girl, Dove Cameron, uh, comes in. And we see that husband fucker is spray painted on the front door. Like, Ian sees it. This woman will not, this woman will not, like, let up. Like, she's, she's determined. Like, Ian sees that on the door and then just closes it. Like, not worried about it. And then a uh, casual Carl comment, they need, like, duct tape for something. And Carl's like, oh, I have duct tape in my kidnap kit in the van. You're what? You're what? <laughs> You're what, kit? What? What do you have? And then Fiona leaves, and we cut to later in the night, where they're all sitting on the couch watching a movie, and she's got Library Boy on one side and Hank on the other. And Library Boy tries to put his arm around Debbie, and she fully leans into dirty little, stinky little, awful little Hank. I know, the guy's just trying to be so cute, and Debbie's like, no. (laughs) And, like, the totally too old for fourth grade girl complains. She's like, I've already seen this fucking movie. Where's Lip? And, uh, we get a straight cutaway to Lip upstairs fucking Mandy up against the wall. This is the first time they hooked up, I think, because Lip's like, how have we never done this before? Like, while it's like aggressive, loud yeah. sex. They're like, like running into things. Like, it's like not like sensual. It's like, like fuck. <laughs> yeah. It is vital. It is like, re- that's how I think all of their sex scenes end up being throughout the series is just like throw them against the wall on the bed, on the counter, like crazy shit. At some point, we see her put her hand over Lip's mouth and go like, shh, I don't want Ian to hear. Like, he'd get jealous because Baby is in love with both of these boys. <laughs> I think she honestly started fucking I Lip. Her. I think she started fucking Lip because Ian wouldn't fuck her and she's in love with him. Yeah, that honestly sounds about, like, that makes the most sense. Lip was her surrogate dick for actually Ian, who she really loved. <laughs> And then immediately after fucking, they're laying on the bed and Lip manipulates Mandy into going to Jody and trying to seduce him. And Mandy Milkovich deserves better than that. She deserves better. But she does it. She goes over to Jody, to Sheila's house and says, oh, can I wait for Karen? And like to seduce Jody to get him to break up with Karen. And then we see Fiona walking home from work. I guess this is hours later, walking home from work, and then her summer fling guy pulls up in his in his Corvette or whatever, and he she talks him into letting her drive his car, because he is drunk and driving. He says he doesn't let anyone drive it, not even ba- valets, and she's like, oh, I, that's smart. I hear they steal cars. Oh, fee. <laughs> oh, fee. She drives like a fucking maniac. 
And then over at the Gallagher house, library boy again tries to make a move on Debbie. And then Carl offers to... Oh, yeah. The girl, the, the hot girl, Fr- Hank, tries to get close to the hot girl. And she doesn't want anything to do with it. And Carl offers to duct tape her up so that Hank can have a <laughs> shot with her. I don't like that. Oh, boys. And then she gets up. She's over it. Dove Cameron is over it. She gets up and sneaks into Lip's room. And Lip is, like, asleep and assumes that it's, like, Mandy coming back. And when he realizes it's Holly, this fully 14-year-old girl climbing on top of him, he does what any legal adult should do and aggressively pushes her off of him. He's like, oh, you're a child. Get the fuck away from me. Get out of my room. And he, like, screams at her, good, good for you, Lip, you did the right thing. And then Fiona pulls up to the house just as Holly is screaming and yelling and leaving. And Debbie says, Lip should have just done her so she would have stayed. Debbie, no. Debbie, no, 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 no. This is why you get in trouble in season 10, because you have thoughts like this. Debbie, no. And then uh, Simon tries to give Debbie the present that he got her. She's like, I don't really give a shit about your present, Simon. That's library boy. Because it's not really her birthday. (laughs) <laughs> and like that's a direct contrast too because he brought her a present even though it wasn't her birthday yeah and, it's not even a birthday party it was just a sleepover party and Debbie had to point out to Hank she's like oh it's not really my birthday he's like good because I didn't really get you a fucking present like the good boy the nice boy he's still a boy that seems a little too old to have a crush on a 10 year old but at least he's nice Lip tries to make things better he offers to take the kids out to a movie sometime he's like I'll take you and Hank and and Dove Cameron I'll take you guys all to a movie sometime. She's like, like a double date? He's like, nope, like chaperoning. That's what it is. And then the bar guy, he follows Fiona into the house. And she says, fine, whatever. You can fucking sleep off your drunkenness on our couch now that there aren't children sleeping on it. And he asks if his car will still be there in the morning. And she's like, parts of it. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) And that whole thing felt a little reminiscent to like first night Jimmy came to the house. Like, the next morning... Frank wakes up to Sheila hovering over him because today is the day she's going to make it to the alibi. Um, He lies and he's like, well, my shift doesn't start until noon. So she's like, oh, well, then we can wait. That's fine. Because she's under the impression he works at the alibi. Then she sticks her toes in his ass. Um, He's like, is that your fingers? She's like, nope. And holds up her hands. She's like, you said no more toys. So I'm going to put my foot in your ass right now. She like, honestly let her do what she pleases. She does like a this little piggy thing up like into until her entire foot is in his ass. I, it was so weird. And then over the Gallagher's, Fiona comes downstairs to Debbie cleaning up. Carl tries to steal the rich guy, I think his name is Adams, uh, watch. She apologizes for missing the party and tries to gossip about little Hank. And Debbie's like, he's so cute and I like him so he's an asshole. I uh, yeah. Adam wakes up, he introduces himself to Debbie, and then Debbie's like, what's up, are you married? Like, just immediately. <laughs> and funny she should mention that, because Craig and his wife are at the back door, with the bat again. Uh, but they're docile, oh they're not yelling. The wife returns the bat to Debbie, and Craig gets on his knees between them, and asks for his wife and Fiona's forgiveness. Doesn't he, like, try to, like, grab, like, both of their hands or whatever, and it's like, please forgive me. Yeah. And Fiona's like, yeah, whatever. I and we're like, they're you. like, no. Fiona's like, I, I forgive you, are we done? And then he tries to get his wife to forgive him, and she, like, goes on a spiel. And Fiona's like, I need to get out of this situation. 
She retreats into the bathroom again and has a lovely little breakdown. We all enjoy it. As always. Cry on the toilet for a second. We all need to cry on the toilet sometimes. And then out in the pool, Debbie and Lip are playing chicken with Kevin V. And it's very cute. Karen comes by and mispronounces Mandy Milkovich's name. Like, she, I don't, I don't remember how she says it, but she said it wrong. She said Milkovich wrong. Yeah. And then she beats the shit out of Lip and tells her to stay the fuck away from her, stay the fuck away from Jody, and stay the fuck away from this baby. Like, girl, did she need to, like, girl, we ain't hear nothing about a baby. And of course, now you gotta drop it in the scene right before the credits. Because now you have to be like, ooh, what baby for next week? Yep. Boom. <laughs> so dramatic. Bombshell, stay the fuck away from this baby. And then cut to credits. And then uh, in the after credit scene, we get to see the end of Sheila's storyline in this episode. Sheila is ushering Frank out the door for work at the alibi. And Frank's like, ugh, and he grabs his stuff because he's like, she's going to find out and I'm going to get kicked out immediately. And he trails behind her. And as she like looks at her map and gets herself situated, a part of a plane comes down from the sky and crash lands right in front of Sheila. Like, obviously, they might not have the most editing or like budget to do something like that. But the fact that it landed rigidly a foot in front of her and like none of like the surrounding area was like affected and Sheila was just like scared and I was like, what? <laughs> it's some final destination shit. Just the wheel of a plane comes crashing down in front of Sheila. Right, right in front of her. And so she has an entire panic attack, runs back inside, and Frank gets on his knees and thanks the gods above that Sheila will no longer be leaving the house. And then we get the credits, and the credit song is Black Cloud by Choo Choo La Rouge. I liked it. It was a good song. Mm-hmm. So that's that's it. Uh, that's the episode. That's season two, episode four. How'd you like the episode, Amanda? Um, it was weird. It was a it was a lot cuter. There were a lot of really cute moments. Like I said, mm-hmm. Kev and V and Ethel and Malik, I would like them to have their own show. I very much enjoy them, and I think they're so fucking cute. Um, there was not enough Ian and Mickey in this episode. I did enjoy Mickey. Ian has been, like, missing for, like, the last four episodes. I did enjoy Mickey having his first scene independent from Ian, though. It was just Mickey yeah. existing, which was nice. I feel like a lot of Mickey's storyline has been a branch of Ian's storyline, and now you get, like, Mickey on his own, being his own person. Yeah. But it's season two. Noel is still a guest star, not a regular. He's not a series regular until four? Is it five? I don't remember if it's four. four. It's four. Is it four? It's four when, because Cam isn't in. Spiral. Cam isn't in the first six episodes of four, but but Noel is. So I think Noel is main cast in season four. Hell yeah. Because yeah. that's when like the that's when like the Ian spiral is, right? Yeah. Gotcha. So we had four, five, and ten are his three like actual uh full starring roles but um i feel so bad for sheila i wanted sheila to have it all and the 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 baby storyline with karen is gonna is about to get so messy it's about to yeah be- i'm not ready for it i'm not ready for this i'm not ready for jaime it's gonna be so weird and i mm, i hate i hate the baby storyline with karen i hate it so much it's just like a waste of time and then it's just like so upsetting but you know we're chugging right along uh, so yeah, I'd like to hear from our, like, what we discussed in the front of the episode of doing, like, maybe 
a short recap of what happens in like a, a week of season 11 or like the episodes between our episodes of season 11 and into this or if you guys want us to do like short just season 11 release ep- maybe I'll do that maybe we can talk about season 11 for like a half an hour and I'll release it in between weeks as our own little season 11 reaction thing I don't know is there a way to like uh categorize like it in like uh on a lot of the services that we could do like a separate thing so it's not like all mixed in well, I it'll be all mixed in, but I can categorize it like I'll I'll title it that it's like a season eleven thing, and it'll be like a mini sode. We could do mini sodes. Oh my god, we could do mini sodes. Uh, we could do mini sodes, and we'll just do it in our regular. And it won't be every week because it'll be every other week anyway. I don't know. Maybe maybe we jump on for a half an hour and just rant about season eleven and then jump off. I don't know. So if the season is insane enough, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> But we want to hear from everybody. We want to hear your opinions. Like, we really... I would love more interaction with people that listen to this ep- this show. We want to hear what you thought of the episodes. We want to hear what you want from us. We want to hear everything. We want to hear your thoughts, feelings, and opinions. And we would like you to rate us and review us and subscribe. We have seven subscribers on Apple Podcasts, which is nice. I haven't checked Spotify yet. But yeah, we have we have listeners in so many different countries. It's fucking crazy to me. Like, it's, it's wild. Yeah, it's insane. I'm surprised people wouldn't listen to us for that long, especially. <laughs> so to our listeners, I think dropping at midnight, our, our German listeners get on it right away. So shout out to our German listeners. Thank you so much. Hello. Um, yeah, but uh so that was that was the episode and we're that was that was it. And um like I said, this has been recorded on November second and will be released on November seventeenth. So whatever happens. We'll find oh, we'll see whatever happens. <laughs> yep. Uh, but uh, Evan, where can people follow you on social media? Um, if you would like to find me on the internet, you can follow me on Instagram at I Wanna Die Four Thousand, as well as my TikTok, which is under the same username. And then I don't use Twitter as much, but my Twitter is Internet Life Yo, and you can go ahead and follow us there. And then you also can follow the Lucky Had Pod at uh, on Twitter as well. Amanda, where can they find you? Well, they can find me on Instagram at AbnormalAmanda18, on Twitter at AbnormalAmanda, on TikTok at, at abnormal, AbnormalAmanda underscore 18. And yeah, you can follow the show on Luck We Had Pod on Instagram, Luck We Had Pod on Twitter. Oh, our website. I know you've been working on the website. Um, is there any update on? Yes. Uh, and so by the time this is uploaded on our website, um, Evan is going to link in. I wrote a paper in college. It's about 30 pages. It's about Mickey Milkovich's character arc through seasons one through four of Shameless as applied to um, like child psychology theories and queering the media theories. It was a lot for a class. It was only a 10 page assignment. It was 30 pages long. And that was after heavy editing. Uh, but Evan's <laughs> going to link to that on our website. And our website link you will find in our Twitter bio and in our Instagram bio. Um, our Twitter, our Instagram, and our YouTube page, where we also upload this, are linked in my TikTok uh, at abnormalamanda underscore eighteen. But yeah, and email us at luckwehadpod at gmail.com. Literally email us. We would like to hear from you guys. Uh, email us. Please, links. we want to hear what you have to say. Give us links to fan fictions you like. Give us links to fan videos you like. Get, just tell us what you think about the episodes. Tell us what you think about us. We want to. We want to hear from you guys. <laughs> uh, Please criticize us. I really hope you all voted, and I really hope that by the time this episode came out, our country is in a better place. But, um, who knows? 
But anyway, let's hope that this is all for naught and that our worry is for nothing and that we're in a better place. But if not, uh, join us again in a couple of weeks where we can yell about this stupid fucking show for about an hour and a half. See you on the flip Thank side. Thank you, everyone. Have a good one.